Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Romans. We're going to be reading uh, the fifth chapter, verses one through eight. Again, that is the book of Romans, the fifth chapter. We're going to be reading verses one through eight. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then uh, the letter to the Romans. There are many translations of uh, God's word. Uh, today I'm going to be reading the New International Version. Let's see what it has to say for us today, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, you are awesome and amazing in everything you do. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again in your name and get into your word, Lord God. Lord God, I ask for the, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, and that this be a word that works unto you and not unto man. Allow it to fill the hearts of your people through your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about being in the access business, in the access business. Uh, I would venture to say that I am a bit obsessive about access. I like to look at different systems, see who has access to what, who can get into something, who can't, who gets certain information, who does not. Um, I'm reminded of a church I used to work at where I would help with uh, audio-visual production, and uh, I was working there for a considerable amount of time, and then I went from uh, maybe 35, uh, 37 hours a week to about less than 20, and I remember them still allowing me to keep my badge. Even though I don't work there anymore, I still had a badge for a very long time after that, just in case they needed to call me in an emergency situation because they wanted me to have access. Um, we all are concerned about access, not just 
keys to a building or an ID badge. Uh, we're usually concerned about access to people as well. Um, you know, something you'll hear often in many situations is my door is always open. Uh, that statement sounds like good news to most of us. Uh, if a, an employer or a teacher or an elected official speaks those words with a welcoming smile, it means that we enjoy access to that person. We can reach out to them, that this worthy personage will make time for us no matter what else may be going on. And, and that's the possibility policy, uh, you know, many of us also operate under as pastors. Uh, some of us will even publish our office hours outside of the door. I remember when I worked at an oil and gas company by the name of Exxon, people would do that. They would print out their weekly calendar to let you know when they had meetings and when they would be in the office. And it was on the outside of their door. Uh, but people are also prepared to make time if the need is urgent. Uh, figuratively speaking, our study doors are always open. And a big part of being in ministry uh, is offering people access to ourselves. Access is a precious commodity in our world. In Washington, D.C., lobbyists pay big money in the, in the form of campaign contributions to buy access to elected officials. Uh, whenever a former senator or a member of the president's cabinet signs on with one of these lobbying agencies a few blocks from the Capitol, uh, the ethical alarms go off uh, because such a move causes uh, consternation among the banks of the Potomac River. Uh, these former elected officials recently had extraordinary access to the highest levels of government, and now it appears they'll be trying to sell that to the highest bidder. So that's a time where access is not uh, great. Uh, access is also an issue for members of, of racial and ethnic minorities trying to move into certain neighborhoods, uh, just as it is for businesswomen seeking access to male-dominated social clubs uh, where many people cut deals over lunch uh, with power brokers. We are all concerned about access, and we are concerned when the wrong people get access, and we are concerned when the right people don't get access. Access. And we see a conversation going on in the Bible, uh, in Paul's letter to the church at Rome called the Book of Romans. Uh, we have that. Uh, the Book of Romans is uh, Paul's longest letter in the Bible, and he wrote it before he ever even visited the Roman church. Uh, Paul was laying the groundwork before he visited because he was a little worried about how the visit would go. Uh, Paul was not sure the Roman church would receive him, and he wasn't sure the Roman country, for that matter, would accept him. And so Paul went around all the other Gentile churches uh, in Macedonia and Asia, and he collected offerings. And, and Paul was worried uh, that the Roman church would not take a gift from Gentiles, uh, which is interesting to me. But church folk activity is always interesting to me because you had the Roman government oppressing the followers of Christ. And then within the followers of Christ, 
the church folk. You had them oppressing other people. So the Roman government was oppressing the church. And in the church, you had those who were born Jewish uh, oppressing those who were not born Jewish but decided to follow Jesus. Um, the church is also in the city of Rome. And the city of Rome did not allow their military leaders to even come close to Rome because they feared a potential takeover. Matter of fact, they called it crossing the Rubicon. Uh, military officers in the Roman army were not allowed to cross the Rubicon River because they said, if you cross the Rubicon River, you're, you're coming here to try to take us over and we don't want that. And they got concerned about that. And Paul got concerned uh, about that as well because here he is professing to have a relationship with and tell people to follow the king of kings. So the Roman government was always scared of being overthrown. And here you have this new upstart religion that is talking about a savior that's going to be king of kings and lord of lords. And the people who followed this king of kings and lord of lords was not treated warmly. And so Paul wrote this letter to try to address some issues, uh, and he lets them know that, first off, uh, the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians are justified by faith, not some sort of social status. They are justified by faith. And uh, as believers, we are made right in God by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so now since we've been made right in God's sight by faith in God's promises, we can have real peace because what of Jesus real peace in God because what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of our faith he has brought us into this place of highest privilege, this place of great access where we now stand and we can confidently and joyfully look forward to becoming all that God has in mind for us. And Paul is showing the people in this letter how to connect to something peaceful in the middle of their tests and their trials. Uh, he lets them know that they, there, there are things that happen with this divine justification. And one of the first things that happens is that the believer has peace with God. This is accomplished through the work done by Jesus Christ. When it starts off in chapter five, verse one, it says, therefore, we have been justified through faith. That is a, 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 a transition statement. Uh, I don't have time to read it uh, in your hearing, but Paul spent the whole first four chapters leading up to this, laying the groundwork to know that it is not who you were born to that saves you. It is not what work you do that saves you. You are justified by faith. And so because the believer has peace with God and is justified by faith, uh, the believer also has access to God. This high privilege, it brings about great confidence and joy 
concerning the future. You see, because Christ uh, died, willingly gave himself up for us, died and rose again on the third day, he has removed a barrier so that we can have access to God. And, and the Greek word that they use for it when they talk about having gained access by faith, uh, it, it literally means having an introduction. Uh it's as though travelers to a foreign land are carrying letters of introduction to the court of the king. Um, many of us have passports. That is a letter of foreign int introduction to a foreign government. That's what a passport is. It's literally a letter of introduction. And if you, as a citizen of the United States, open your passport, you'll read these words on the first page. The Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need give all lawful aid or protection it's a letter of introduction and so this letter of introduction when Paul uh, celebrates access to grace he's a uh, picturing his own form of a passport a small scroll if you will rolled up and bearing the the wax seal of a king or a governor and you can't cross the border without a passport and you can't experience the grace of God without presenting your letter of introduction your confession of what Christ has done for you so, so we get peace with God and we get access to God and we also have assurance from God. There's a fact of this assurance. It helps us in the time of suffering and the fruit of the insurance, uh, assurance, rather suffering produces the perseverance, which produces character and produces hope. Uh, we can be assured that the power of sin is broken by the work of Christ Jesus. And, and by being justified with faith, we can have this peace with God. And that gives us a hope for the future and power for the present. Uh, because we have access to God, we know that whatever's going on right now will not last always. Because we have this peace in our current situation and our hope for the future situation, we know that in the end, God will work it out. And we have been reconciled to God, which means it is a change in the relationship. Uh, and we can uh, boast in our sufferings and appreciate the hard work that has been done. Uh, as much as I don't like cooking all the time, I, I still know that food tastes a little better when you cook it yourself. It, it, there's something about it. When you've had to work for something, uh, when you've worked to pay off a car, for some odd reason, it, it drives a little better. When you've worked to get into the house that you strive for, it feels a little better when you relax. I remember my first car like it was yesterday. 89 Hyundai Excel, red standard four-speed shift transmission with a tan interior. I know it because I bagged groceries at Kroger on uh, on the north side of Indianapolis, Indiana for a year until I could finish paying Miss Edmonds $50 a week until I could pay it off. Then I got the engine fixed. Then I got the transmission fixed. And I had my little $500 car. But my little $500 car, because I know I worked for it and I worked to fix it up, you couldn't tell me it wasn't the best car in the world because I worked for it. 
We can appreciate what we've gone through. And we can also appreciate whatever trials and tribulations we've gone through. We don't look like what we've suffered through. And so we get this access and this peace and this hope for the future. And we are then indwelt by God. You see, uh, it says uh, 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 that, that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The same power that rose Christ from the dead, the same power that heals the sick, the same power that opens blinded eyes, the same power that gives you peace that surpasses all understanding is in you. It's in you. And so we are indwelt by God, the Holy Spirit is poured into us by having this justification by faith and access. And then we are preserved by God. Our salvation is secure and, and guaranteed by the past work of Christ on Calvary's cross. The work is finished. What, what did he do? He, he, he died for us. And why he did it was because he loves us. And he did it. While we were yet sinners, the God who justified also glorified. Christ died for the ungodly when people rarely even die for the worthy. While we were still in our mess, while we were still on our way to do something wrong, while we were still caught up in things we didn't need to be in, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and, and what Christ did for us freely and gladly is more love and, and is higher a love than any human could ever attain. Uh, some people won't give up their place in line. Some people can have money in their pocket and you ask for a dollar and, and they won't give it to you. Some people won't give up a parking space. Some people won't give up their name on a program or a position, but Christ gave his life. And just to be clear, this salvation describes the future of God's people in terms of their rescue from a terrible fate. And glorification is the terms of the status they will enjoy. Resurrection in terms of their new embodiment on the other side of death. Uh, God has established a true peace, uh, different. Uh, this Pax Christi, uh, peace in Christ, was different than Pax Romana. Uh, uh, it's on the foundation of true justice and not the Roman justice. And, and it's done through, through, the, through the Lord Jesus, which is different than the Lord Caesar. You see, uh, the, the, it was scandalous to say Jesus is Lord during those times because people were running around saying Caesar is Lord. But Caesar couldn't save your soul. And so he has this peace in Christ because when you know that you win in the end, the current situation does not seem so bad. And this grace is unilateral and unconditional. It cannot be purchased by conditional methods. Christ did it for us because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. May we all come to learn day by day 
to rely on God's grace alone, trusting in God's promises. May we know ever more fully God's grace as we have seen it in Jesus Christ. May you all realize that the deepest part of all of us, that our Lord truly offers us access to grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see this grace that we can't earn, this grace that we cannot purchase, this grace that we don't get but based on where we were born or who we know. It's because God loves us that we have access to this grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again and hear your word. Lord God, we ask a blessing upon those who heard this and those who will hear it later. That if they desire to know Christ Jesus in the pardon of their sins, they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, we ask for your word to go forth. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy people of your holy church for your holy kingdom. Let it be a seed that is planted in a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.